So earlier today, I came up with a task for my co-hosts and I. Uh, I want us to geekify a holiday song. Uh, examples will include uh, Baby Yoda's Coming to Town. All I Want for Christmas is Pictures of Spider-Man by J. Jonah Jameson. Or a mashup of This Christmas and Last Christmas performed by Two-Face. Um, Lydia, let's start with you on this one. You know, I tried to come up with something super clever, and all my brain came up with is it's beginning to look a lot like Stitchmas. Oh. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. Um, Matt, what about you? Um, God rest ye, Mary Stanley. <laughs> Still too soon. Right. <laughs> Tabitha? Uh, grandma got ran over by an at-at. <laughs> grandma got ran over by an at-at. I mean, it works. It, it works. Does. <laughs> I actually uh, know what that means now, too. <laughs> uh, mine is going to tie into what our first story was going to be, but then um, Disney decided to be like, hey, we're going to drop all the news today, so we're going to get to that in a little bit. But mine is... Uh, we Three Spider-Men by Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. <laughs> Tabitha now hates you even more than she already I was, did. I was about to say, like, <laughs> she already did. Come on now. <laughs> listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. So like I said in the beginning of the show, uh, Disney, Marvel, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, like they announced all the announcements today. Uh, Lydia, I know you took some time and tried to come up with the big ones, and they're probably still announcing stuff. They had what was called what their investor meeting today. I believe um, so, yeah. 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 So I mean, they're probably still announcing stuff even while we're talking, and we're probably going to miss some something. But whatever, it's fine. It is what it is. Uh, Lydia, take it away. So I didn't get a whole lot of Marvel news because all I saw from that was pretty much them announcing like actual dates for when WandaVision's going to hit and things like that. So I kind of ignored Marvel. Um, but let's see. Disney Plus, they announced um, Raya and the Last Dragon is going to be uh, premiering on Disney Plus for, with premiere access on March 5th of 2021. Um, they are also having a live-action Pinocchio starring Tom Hanks that's going to be coming on there. Um, Peter Pan and Wendy with Yara Shahidi as Tinkerbell and Jude Law as Hook. Um, the Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers live-action movie that we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, they announced that John Mulaney is going to be Chip and Andy Samberg is going to be Dale. Um, there is also a movie called Flora and Ulysses, which follows a comic book fan and her super-powered squirrel sidekick, so that ought to be cute. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, some animated series that are coming is Baymax, um, Zootopia Plus, Tiana, all those are coming in 2022. And then Moana the series is coming in 2023. Star Wars announced a bunch of new shows because, you know, that's just what we need is a bunch more Star Wars stuff. Um, 
You're right. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, from what I saw so far, at least, there's two shows that are going to be set within the same time frame as The Mandalorian, um, one of which is called Rangers of the New Republic, and one is uh, Asaka. Is that how you say her name? I don't know enough. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Yeah. That's it. I don't know Star Wars that well. I'm sorry. Um, there's also uh, Star Wars Visions, which is a series of animated shorts from a bunch of um, anime uh, artists. So that should be interesting. Um, a series uh, called uh, On- Andor. Is that how you say it? I'm going to butcher all the things Star Wars, guys. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> Uh, Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is another animated series. Um, to to but- stop you right there uh, with Bad Batch, um, <clears throat> once again, because we had talked about this before when they first announced it, uh, even though I knew that it was called The Bad Batch, once again, I read it as The Bad Bitch, and it's like, I still, <laughs> I want that. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I don't think they could get away with that on Disney. I feel like the ratings would be- <laughs> Not fair. Um, there's another series called Obi Wan Kenobi, which is set ten years after the Revenge of the Sith. That is going to star Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader and Ewan McGregor as Obi Wan. And that was the last of the Star Wars stuff that I saw. Um, and then looks like just like Disney theatrical stuff in general. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, a movie called Lightyear, which is going to be a Buzz Lightyear movie coming out June seventeenth of twenty twenty two, and Buzz Lightyear is voiced by Chris Evans for some reason. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this. I think it was it, it, it was you. I'm butchering your, that. I'm sure. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine. Um, But it's coming out in 2022. It is a collaboration between Disney and a Pan-African animation company called Kujali. And then um, a movie called Encanto was teased, which is going to have a score by Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm sure Tabitha is thrilled about that. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, the last thing that I caught... Uh, before we started doing this was they announced some more casting for the little mermaid live action movie. Um, We already knew that uh, Halle Bailey was going to be Ariel. They also announced that David Diggs is going to be Sebastian. Uh, Javier Barden is King Triton. Jacob Tremblay is Flounder. Melissa McCarthy is Ursula. Jonah Howard King is Eric and Aquafina is Scuttle. And that is pretty much all the stuff that I gathered before <laughs> I stopped paying attention. I'm sure there is way more that they have announced <laughs> since then. And, um, and yeah, and speaking of, because I know that Matt had a little bit of info as far as like the Marvel side goes. I do. Um, there is one other thing for Star Wars that I did see. Um, they are doing a movie, if I'm not mistaken, called Rogue Squadron, which is going to be helmed by Patty Jenkins. They're estimating a 2023 Christmas release for that. Ooh. Right. Um, as far as the Marvel news, um, they have confirmed that Black Panther 2 is happening, that um, no one will be recast as T'Challa. Um, so they are moving forward in that direction. They will be focusing on other characters um, in Wakanda. Um, and 
we are late to the party on these two. We'll have to watch them for next week. But uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer debuted, as well as the Loki trailer. Um, oh, I didn't see the Loki trailer. <laughs> yeah, Me I just saw that as we were hitting record. I saw that that uh, had gone live. Oh. Um, we're going to have a big old trailer uh, takedown Falcon next week. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to debut March of 2021. Um, they have announced the premiere date for season three of the Mandalorian. Let's see. Sorry. I'm just scrolling through here and like picking out everything that I see that I missed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, you know, it's not like there's anything else going on. Um, Tim Roth has been confirmed to return as abomination in Marvel. She Hulk on Disney plus, um, Christian Bale is going to be playing the God Butcher in Thor Love and Thunder. They have officially confirmed that Mahershala Ali is going to be playing Blade and that it is going to be a movie. Um, Let's see. Yeah, we got the Loki series. Let's see. I know there was something else that I... Oh, um, they officially confirmed, as we kind of had guessed... Um, that um, in the new Ant-Man Wasp movie that Jonathan Majors is going to be indeed playing Kang the Conqueror. So introducing that bad guy into the Marvel Universe, the MCU. Uh, We are getting a, surprise, surprise, a Fantastic Four movie in the MCU. Because we need another Uh, one. I mean, we need one done right. (laughs) Well, that's that's fair. <laughs> um, let's see. Don Cheadle is returning as Rhodey as War Machine in Armor Wars, which is going to be a Disney Plus series. Uh, Dominique Thorne is going to be playing Riri Williams in Ironheart, which is also going to be a Disney Plus original series. We're getting a Secret Invasion Disney Plus series, which will have Sam Jackson reprising his role as Nick Fury. Um, they confirmed Moon Knight for Disney Plus as a Marvel series. Do, 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 do. Um, we knew that we were getting Hawkeye. I did see I too that, that like in I think it was 2022, we're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, which I'm kind of excited for. That will be awesome. Oh, did, you guys, did you guys see the best news? What's that? Mm-hmm. No. Uh, there's officially going to be an Enchanted sequel with my favorite Amy Adams. You sound so excited. Um, I'm not at all. <laughs> I just feel I'm like not gonna lie. Had going on, they could have found something better to do with their time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. That kind of intrigues me because that is a big guilty pleasure movie of mine. <laughs> that movie makes me feel everything. <laughs> Let me act surprised. Right? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, but like, I just like, we honestly could have spent like the entire hour talking about all this. Like, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, not only just the announcements, but also kind of like our reactions to the announcements. Um, we're not going to because there's a lot of other cool things that are going on that's not necessarily Disney related, but but man, like, like that's all just stuff that we like caught on to in like the past hour. 
Right. And honestly, like, <clears throat> I had been off of Facebook and social media for a few hours before the show trying to read up on not only, like, our reviews, but also, like, just my other stories and things like that. So, like, I hadn't really been on the internet. I had no idea that any of this was going on until you mentioned it in our group chat, Lydia. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is she, I, when you first said that, I was like, well, what is she talking about? Like, huh? And then, so, like, I get on Disney's Facebook page. I'm like, oh, 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 oh. It just keeps going. Like, yeah, it <laughs> kept going and go. It's like the freaking Energizer Bunny over here. <laughs> Well, I knew that they were doing this investor day like presentation. I did not expect this level of announcement. It's like online Disney D twenty three. Yeah, yeah. Like, I would venture to say that's even bigger than D twenty three in terms of just the announcements. Yeah. Moving on. Um, Sticking with the MCU a little bit, uh, we heard a while back that Jamie Foxx will reprise his role as Electro from uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 uh, in MCU's Spider-Man 3. <clears throat> now it's been announced that Alfred Molina is going to bring back uh, Doc Ock. Also, there's uh, rumors like these aren't completely uh, set in stone yet, but the rumors are that... Uh, we're going to be getting uh, back former Spider-Man, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire, as well as Kirsten Dunst's uh, Mary Jane and possibly Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy. And then outside of the Spider-Verse, there is talk that Charlie Cox is going to be in the movie as well, uh, playing Daredevil. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's just me because... I love that Daredevil series, but if there's a character from those Netflix shows that should be in the MCU, it is Charlie Cox's Daredevil. Yeah, agreed. Charlie Cox might make me watch a Spider-Man movie. <laughs> <laughs> but then you have to also watch all the other Spider-Man movies to get caught up. Absolutely. I don't think she cares that much. You need to watch the Charlie Cox movie where Charlie Cox is existing. <laughs> To be it would not be called a Spider-Man movie. It would be called the Charlie Cox Spider-Man movie. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, she's only going to pay attention to those parts anyway. She's not going to pay attention to anything to do with Peter Parker. Actually, I'll just wait for the movie to come out and for somebody to make like a cut scene of all of his scenes and put it on YouTube and I'll just watch that. <laughs> That's more realistic. Yeah. yeah. Crisis, Crisis averted. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's kind of interesting though that they are... And, and I, I'm not saying or suggesting that they're going in with, like, Spider-Verse with this. But, like, it's interesting that the MCU is, for all intents and purposes, coming up with this Spider-Verse right after the Miles Morales, you know, end of the Spider-Verse movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm wondering, honestly, if maybe it's not... Okay, so Ant-Man has gotten into the whole Quantum Realm, mm -hmm. which led to Endgame. So are they just pulling more of that in? And that's that's where I mean I, I think I think honestly, Mitch, I think part of it is that they did. They saw the success of the Miles Morales into the Spider-Verse, which was the best Spider-Man movie that probably has ever been made. Um but to see the success of that and to think that what they could do as far as that goes live action in regards to the MCU. I think is kind of 
gotten them intrigued on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I mean, either way, um, I'm really, really excited for this. I mean, if they're going to make like, you know, an Avengers in game, but with all Spider-Man characters, like I'm here for it. That's <laughs> <laughs> like half his worst not. day. <laughs> so uh we are going to move on to a uh quick uh version of trailer takedown and we're going to do one round it's a triple threat match um it's morbius versus the marksman versus uh recipe for seduction uh morbius oh, i'm gonna be completely honest i forgot that morbius was a thing like, completely forgot that this movie was coming out. <laughs> it, it, it's not like a new mutant situation where I was just like, huh, they've been working on that for a while. Like, no, like, I straight up, like, it was forgot. gone. Gone. Like, yeah. So, um, there was a new trailer released during uh, a Comic-Con out of Japan, I believe, um, where it's, uh, sorry, brain fart. Um, but uh but yeah but we got a new trailer uh morbius the character if you're not familiar with him he basically becomes a vampire while trying to fix his own blood condition and then becomes one of spider-man's greatest villains um but yeah so there was that uh matt talk about the marksman for a second uh so apparently we just need younger action stars because they've recruited liam neeson to have to do another action movie. Um, it's called The Marksman. Um, I, essentially, I'm just going to read the synopsis because it just says it better than I could do that right now. Um, hardened Arizona rancher Jim Hansen, played by Liam Neeson, uh, simply wants to be left alone as he fends off eviction notices and tries to make a living on an isolated stretch of borderland. But everything changes when Hansen, an ex-Marine sharpshooter, witnesses 11-year-old migrant Miguel fleeing with his mother, Rosa, from drug cartel assassins led by the ruthless Mauricio. No, this is not Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> That's Mercutio. Yeah. Never mind, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> so after being caught in a shootout, uh, a dying Rosa begs Jim to take her son to safety to her family in Chicago. Um, typical action chase scenes ensue. Etc. ad nauseum. So. <laughs> and then those two are going up against Recipe for Seduction. Did you have something else to say, Matt? Nope, that was, okay. that was all I had. Okay. Uh, it's going up against Recipe for Seduction. It is a lifetime mini-movie presented by our friends and could-be sponsor, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> I don't want them to sponsor us after this crap. <laughs> it stars Mario Lopez as none other than Harlan Sanders. And it features uh, a woman who he, he becomes like the chef for this, for this family. And the daughter like falls for him and love and intrigue and suspense ensue. And secret spices. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, Tabitha, let's start with you. Dole out the points. Wait, how do you want me to math this? I've been doing a lot of math this week, and I can't work. You have 10 points. 
Right. Do I have to split them up evenly between all of them? Okay. You you have a remainder? (laughs) (laughs) No, because I'm giving 10 points to Jared Leto's abs and zero points to everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the marksman. Liam Neeson is not from Arizona. Stop trying to make that very Irish man sound like he's from America. That was awful. Also, that dog is going to die, and I'm not here for it. So zero points for that. (laughs) Seduction looks like softcore porn. I refuse. Zero points for that movie. Not extra crispy. Oh, wait. Stop talking. (laughs) Um, I don't know that it's the best time to release a movie about infectious blood-borne diseases caused by bats, but that's a choice that they're making. And also, I'm giving 10 points to Jared Leto's abs. Done. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm out. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Since Jared Leto's abs are not an official uh, selection, I'm awarding 10 points to Morbius. Was that what that movie was called? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt. Uh, all of this looks... Uh, these all just look like train wrecks, quite honestly. Um, I'm glad it's not just me. <laughs> no... I'm I'm honestly going to give six points to Morbius just because I feel like that one actually has the most promise to maybe be a decent movie, um, even though it looks like a weird villain movie. That's also one point for each of Jared Leto's abs. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I guess we're giving two points to Lifetime Software Porn and... And two points to Liam Neeson's AARP membership. Oh, my God. (laughs) Lydia. Oh, my God. Okay, so I watched the Marksman trailer first. And from the other room, all of a sudden, I hear, oh, my God. Is she taking it again? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then we continued to watch the trailer. And all I hear is if he finds you, he's going to kill you. I'm like, you are not helping your case. As far as making this not a Taken sequel, so, I don't know. Uh, Morbius looks like it could be interesting if I had more information. And even though I am the one that brought up Recipe for Seduction, which I... (laughs) Highly regret now, by the way. I mean, I would have found out about it even if you hadn't mentioned it. So don't don't worry. <laughs> Just, there, there's not enough cringe in the world for how much I cringed watching that trailer. Like, I, 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 I don't know. So I, I'm going to semi-mirror Matt and give Morbius 6 but I'm not giving any any points to to Colonel Sanders. It, it, Liam Neeson can have the other four points. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm awarding two points to Morbius. Um, like I said, I had completely forgotten it was a thing. And I'm going to be honest, like the trailer didn't excite me enough to where I was like, oh, yeah. This was this thing that I really wanted and never got, and now I might get it again. It was just kind of <laughs> like, okay, cool, this is here. 
I'm probably most likely to watch Morbius, but at the same time, like for the trailer itself, didn't really do much for me. Um, the Marksman, I am uh, in the minority here because y'all hated it. I kind of liked that trailer. I'm giving that one five points. Um, kind of the flip side of Morbius, as a movie, I don't think that I'm going to w- ever watch that movie. I mean, I've never seen Taken or really much of Liam Neeson stuff outside of The Phantom Menace. Um, <clears throat> but uh, I thought for a trailer, it did a really good job. So that leaves three points for Recipe for Seduction. Uh, I am, if I can remember to, I am 100% setting my DVR for that. I am going to watch all 15 minutes of it and probably hate watch it, but like, I am so excited. You guys should just be happy that I'm not making you do it for like a guilty pleasure dumpster fire. Um, I think we would all go on strike. <laughs> I mean, let, let's just put it this way, Mitch. If you watch it, you have to live tweet it. Okay. Okay. I, I think I can do that. Okay. <laughs> Oh, live tweet about fried chicken. <laughs> international shame. Thick international shame. <laughs> three C's. <laughs> oh, it's three C's now? I yeah. will. I'm just hiding it's harder to pick up this week because uh, my arms hurt, so. <laughs> Fair enough. I will say, though, that, like, with uh, with Recipe for Seduction, I hope that it does well because this could lead to a coming-of-age uh, Lifetime mini-movie on the Popeye's woman. Oh, God. Loving that chicken coming to you. <laughs> as long as it doesn't lead to, like, some <laughs> awkward, like, Wendy's movie, too. Like, we don't need that. Lydia! Oh, the redheaded stepchild. <laughs> I guess I just have a bell now. <laughs> is that going to Mitch or is that going to me? Or both? Uh, that's one for Mitch and one for you. Great. <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> so our final scores, uh, Recipe for Seduction gets five points. Uh, the Marksman gets 11 points, and Jared Leto's abs gets 24 points. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jared Leto's abs! <laughs> Alright, <clears throat> so got a press release to talk about before we get into our reviews. Uh, so Valiant has announced a uh, new thing called Motion Comics, uh, and the, the, the debut episode tells the origin of Faith, a.k.a. Uh, Zephyr. The animated episode is taken straight from the pages of Harbinger uh, Faith Number Zero. The first episode is on Valiant's YouTube page with episode two, as well as other motion comics featuring Valiant heroes coming soon. Um, I don't know if you guys watched it. It's about eight, seven, eight minutes, something like that. Uh, Not quite comic book, not quite cartoon. Um, It's a cool concept. And I don't know, anything that gets more people interested in comic books is an A-plus for me. So it's really cool. So check it out. Um, A couple things to review. 
Um, the first one that we're going to talk about is Beethoven, The Final Symphony. Symphony. Uh, it's out this month from Z2 Comics. It's an anthology featuring multiple creators uh, celebrating the 250th birthday of Beethoven, the composer, not the dog. As well as, uh, so it features stories based on his life, as well as others inspired by his music. Uh, I got about halfway through this, um, and I liked what I read. I was kind of confused at first, because uh, like the, I guess, I think it was maybe the second story, featured animals, and didn't, fe- you know, didn't really reference Beethoven at all. And then I kind of went back and, you know, read the kind of introduction to that story, which I probably should have done to begin with. Um, read the introduction to that story, and then it kind of all made sense. But overall, I think it's an interesting concept, especially for a person, you know, so influential in even still today. Um, Matt, I know you had a chance to read it. What did you think? Um, I did. Um, the The... It probably would have been better for me. I know that there was a thing at the beginning that if you scan the QR code, there was a soundtrack that would have played essentially along with, as you read. Um, and I felt like I probably would have enjoyed the anthology stories more if I had had that music to go along. Um, the part that I did really enjoy about this was the biographical part about Beethoven. I mean, I know who Beethoven is, but I didn't know a whole lot about him or his life. And I know more now, and um, I would still like to know more. Um, those parts were interesting. There was one anthology story that really kind of threw me because it was anime style, and it didn't really fit with the rest of what was going on. Um, I, I don't know. Like I said, it was the, the, the biographical parts I really enjoyed. I was not a huge fan about the anthology inter- interspersed stories. Um, but uh, overall, I know it was a cool concept and there's definitely some really, really, really cool art and some like the like watercolor styles um, throughout this whole thing. Tabitha, I know you read a little bit of it. What were your thoughts? Um, when this started, like, and it was like the autobiographical, like Beethoven stuff, I'm like, oh, this is going to be like super interesting and I'm going to really enjoy this. I got halfway through the like German version of Aesop's fables with the birds speaking with lingo and I was done. Like this just, it pulled me out of what I thought I was getting and gave me something completely different. Like if you want to tell Beethoven's story, tell Beethoven's story and then release something like this separately, like it's like an addendum or like something to go with it. Um, I did not see the QR code. Um, I don't like when you're getting a classical story, but then the lingo sounds modern. That bothers me. Kind of reminds me of those like Romeo and Juliet and text message books that came out there for a while. <laughs> yeah. So this just this just wasn't for me, and I didn't continue on. Had it just been like the the sections about, I would like flip forward a little bit to see if we were getting more of that, like Beethoven biography thing and had it just been that like I would have kept going and this would have been for me but with the fables and the fairy tales in the middle like it's just not my dig so um out December 16th from Image Comics written by uh, Steve Orlando with art by David Tinto is Commanders in Crisis number three 
Uh, so John Doe is back alive uh, for now. But before they can get answers about his murder, uh, the Crisis Command must team up to battle an unknown threat. Uh, Matt, I know you read this one as well. What'd you think? The way that this is this story is building, um, I'm I'm really digging it. I'm really into it. I like it. Um, I I still love the fact that all of these, and now it's not a spoiler because it wasn't the the first issue. Um, that all of these superheroes were presidents in their alternate Earths. Um, and their powers are just still super unique and interesting. So I'm hoping for more big battles to see how they work together as this continues. Um, but overall, I'm really enjoying the series and I'm looking forward to more. Uh, this issue was kind of weird for me. Uh, I liked it a lot. I'm loving this series as a whole, but I kind of felt with this issue, like while it's setting up for a lot of big moments, there weren't a lot of big moments in this particular issue, in my opinion. Um, yeah. You know, there, there were, um, I also like, I did like to see that because for the first two issues, I mean, we saw Crisis Command as uh, a cohesive unit, but this issue, you're starting to see a little bit of conflict between the members of the team, and I think that that's cool. Um, and to see, you know, like, looking forward to see about them getting past that conflict and, you know, working towards it or whatever, um, I think would be really cool as well. Uh, but yeah, overall, this has been just a fun ride, and I'm ready to keep going. Also out December 16th from Vault uh, is Resonant Number 6. Um, it's written by David Andre with art by Skylar Partridge. Excuse me. So this issue, uh, Paxton, Claire, and Mickey attempt to escape Honcho and his island. Meanwhile, Ty and the congregation are invited by, or I'm sorry, are invaded by Maul, the preacher, and their followers. Meanwhile, Beck tries to fix the home's bear problem. Uh, it's been a while since we had talked about The Resident, and it was one of those books where it's like, I kind of remembered some of the main points, but I didn't remember everything. So I went back and I reread the first five issues to kind of get everything, you know. And I, looking back, like, I didn't even read issue five, so that one was completely new to me. But getting into uh, issue six, uh, one of the things that I really enjoyed about this issue and the series in general is all the different storylines that don't feel like one is like outshining the other. And also at the same time, it's not like you're being bombarded by a bunch of different storylines. It gets kind of confusing. Um, I also love the character of Hancho. He is great at simply just being an unlikable a-hole. Um, <laughs> A lot of villains these days have kind of like redeeming qualities. There's like a gray area. There's no gray area with Honcho. He's just a jerk. And I think that that's pretty much <laughs> myself. All right, guys. Let's get into some gut reaction. Oof. Gut reaction. And we're going to start tonight with Tabitha and the Poppy War. So RF Kuang's uh, fantasy series, The Poppy War, um, is being adapted by Starling Media. Uh, the book trilogy, which includes The Poppy War, Dragon Republic, and The Burning God, 
are a female-led fantasy series um, based on Chinese history, especially the Sino-Japanese War, um, but set in a world of gods and monsters. Um, the first book was published in 2018 and was Washington Post Book of the Year. Since 2018, we now have a complete trilogy. So this author's just been cranking them out. Um, I have not read the book yet, but from what I know, it's very brutal, violent, war focused, and it evidently only gets more gruesome as things go on. Um, I'm hoping with all things that, you know, feature a non-white cast that they actually cast this correctly and uh, that RF Kwong has, you know, a large part in the production of the film. We don't really have any details as of yet because it's just about the rights. Um, I'm looking forward to reading the book and now I'm looking forward to seeing where this adaptation goes. But with any adaptation, I'm always going to be nervous. So I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Matt. Uh, I have read the first book. Um, and for me, the book, first book started kind of slow, picked up as it went along. Um, but there is definitely, I, this is definitely brutal. Like this is a war story. Um, and you hear about the quote unquote horrors of war, um, like in real life. And some of the things that she describes are absolutely brutal and made me gasp reading this book. Um, so that will be interesting to see how that is done with the adaptation. Cause a lot of times they will, I don't know, tone that down. Um, but yeah, I think my biggest concern with the adaptation is not whitewashing this and keeping it authentic. Um, so I'm going to go thumb sideways until we get more information. Lydia. I don't know anything about this, but based off what they said, um, basically the same thing. Like if they can not whitewash something like this and they don't overly yeah. censor it, then I think it might be interesting to see. So, but thumbs, thumbs sideways, just cause I don't have a whole lot of information on it. Um, yeah, I'm going to round it out as well. Thumbs sideways. Um, it's an interesting concept, but I have to see how they execute it before I can really judge one way or the other. So it's been announced that Sony's Metal Gear Solid adaptation has snagged Oscar Isaac to play Solid Snake. Uh, I'm giving this a thumbs up. I don't know really anything about Metal Gear Solid, but... I do know that over the course of the last uh, five, six years or whatever, Oscar Isaac has kind of proven to be like the king of the geeks. So um, anything that he is doing, I'm already interested in. So thumbs up. Tabitha. We're going to have to get you an Oscar Isaac's news desk. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm going to go thumbs up because I agree with you. Um Ever since he, you know, made his majestic appearance in Star Wars, like he's been nothing but great. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Um, yes, um, Oscar Isaac essentially at this point can do no wrong as far as uh, the geek culture world. But this is still at this point a video game adaptation. So I am wary in that regard. So I'm going to cautiously go thumb sideways. Lydia. Say, so I feel out of the loop here because I don't really feel like I know who I Oscar Isaac is, but um, look-wise, I think he could pull it off. But like Matt said, being a video game adaptation of anything, I'm wary of. So yeah, thumb sideways. Uh, Matt, we've got some Nick Cage news. 
We do. This is Nick Cage news that I don't know that we're all, that I don't think we're all going to hate. Um, Netflix is going to be doing a series. It's a limited series of six episodes starring Nicolas Cage. Um, it is called History of Swear Words. So they are going to go back and go through the history um, they're, they're going to do interviews with experts in etymology, pop culture, historians, and entertainers, um, diving into the origins of some of, not just the four-letter words, but some of the most popular swear words around. Um, there's also the picture that goes along with this, and it's Nick Cage sitting in front of a fireplace in this library chair and I think that's going to be fantastic I'm going to go thumbs up Lydia this just this sounds intriguing and fun and honestly a little off the wall and for something like that Nick Cage definitely fits that bill so yeah I'm going to agree thumbs up I'd be interested in this Almost no matter no matter who was hosting, um, this sounds fun and uh, nerdy, and I love every second of it. So yeah, thumbs up, Tabitha. Um, spoiler alert: they all came from Shakespeare. Uh, <laughs> but she's I'm not giving, wrong. I'm also giving this a thumbs up. Uh, you had me at Nicholas Cage sitting in a library in a chair talking about history. <laughs> If he can find the map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> he doesn't try all. to be Superman anymore. <laughs> Don't even joke. So DC has planned a feature film based on the character Plastic Man. Uh, Kat Vasco has been announced as the new screenwriter, screenwriter for the project. And it's being described as a, quote, female leading vehicle. Uh I'm giving this a thumb sideways because I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that Plastic Man is going to be a secondary character in his own movie. I don't know if that means that Plastic Man is going to become Plastic Woman. I'm not saying that I'm upset either way. I just want to know more about what it means. Tabitha. Yeah, you lost me at Plastic Man because I didn't even know that was a thing. He's basically like Stretch Armstrong. He stretches. So he's Elastigirl, but a dude? Basically. Uh, almost probably like Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. So he's Mr. Fantastic, but not... But not as smart. Not as smart. Way more of a smart ass. Wears red instead of blue. Yeah. This sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> Give me Reed all day. Um, You're getting Reed. I know I'm getting... Leave me alone. <laughs> I... Flashback, but I'm in the minority. I liked the last Fantastic Four movie a lot. I thought it was great. Um, so Matt's giving me crap for it. Uh, thumb sideways to this Plastic Man thing because I didn't know that was a thing. Matt. So I know that Marvel ended up with some essentially B-list superheroes because they sold off the rights to some of their bigger ones when they were almost broke. So hence why we have Ant-Man movies and you would have never had an Ant-Man movie if other situations hadn't happened. Um, <clears throat> but DC doesn't have that issue. Like they still have Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman and even 
Hawkman, if you will. Um, I don't really know why we're getting a Plastic Man movie. So I'm going to go thumb sideways until I have a little bit more information. Lydia. I have absolutely no knowledge of any of this. So <laughs> just the fact that they're not alone. <laughs> like just the fact that there's a character named Plastic Man is really strange to me. It shouldn't surprise me at this point, but you know, um, thumb sideways. Cause I don't know what any of that means. <laughs> I mean, he's one of those superheroes that got powers, and then he sat in his living room and couldn't come up with a good name. He just went with the first thing that popped into his head. At least he's recyclable. <laughs> Depending on what number plastic he is. I mean, technically all plastic is recyclable. It just might not be recyclable in your area. <laughs> Thanks, Captain Planet. <laughs> so I used going- my best Captain Planet voice for that, so thanks. <laughs> So we're gonna, Captain Planet. Me too. <laughs> so we're going to finish out Gut Reaction tonight with uh, Tabitha and Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Reboot? Yeah. <laughs> so do you guys remember when that Steve Carell, Jennifer Garner uh, movie came out and it was not great? Um, well, Disney's doing it again, but with a twist. Uh, Mario, oh God, now I keep thinking about Mario Lopez. This is all <laughs> your fault. Matt Lopez will be oh writing this. The ver- this version is going to be being made for Disney Plus because uh, that's all Disney does right now. Um, but it's going to focus on a multi generational Latin family. So we're not just gonna have a bunch of white people running around doing antics. Um, I'm gonna give this a thumb sideways. Uh, again, I feel like. All the reboots of the reboots of the reboots. We could stop doing that. That'd be cool. Um, But I like that they're not just doing the same thing over and over. They're giving it that, you know, like cultural twist. And I appreciate that. So, meh. Matt. Uh, I think I'm just going to echo that. Because if they're going to reboot, at least they're going to do it in a slightly different, interesting, and inclusive way. Mm -hmm. So, thumb sideways. Lydia. What they said, thumb sideways. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go thumb sideways as well. Um, I don't know how I feel about the reboot in general, but at the same time, I do appreciate that they're going in a slightly different direction. Um, hopefully it's not too much to where it's just like, okay, cool, they're just calling it this because it's the closest thing to it, but it's also not nearly you know, the right thing at all. So, <laughs> we'll see. Um, Tabitha, let's go to the Lin-Manuel Miranda news desk. So this Sunday, the 13th, the cast of Hamilton are hosting a holiday-themed fundraiser online that you can live stream in support of Senate candidates John Ossoff and uh, Reverend Warnock, um, part of the Democratic Party of Georgia. Um, donations of any amount will receive access to the hashtag HamFam holiday celebration. And the event's going to be hosted by Jonathan Groff and Sasha, Sasha Hutchings. Um, there's a easily findable link if you Google hashtag HamFam uh, holiday celebration. 
Um, the donation buttons start at $5 and go up from there, or you can make a donation of your choice or a recurring donation. Um, so go be good for humanity. Also go watch the cast of Hamilton. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. Mm. I know what I'm doing with my Sunday. <laughs> at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. So 7.30 Central. <laughs> yep, there it is. Thank you. You're welcome. Had to do that, Had to do that math. <laughs> Uh, so, Matt, we've got a little bit more Invincible casting news. We do indeed. Um, so the cast list for this just gets bigger and better every time they announce it. Um, we have... Oh, where did it go? Um, Ezra Miller is adding his voice talents. He's going to be voicing D.A. Sinclair. Um, and we are also getting Mahershala Ali. Um, he's going to voice Titan, who is a fan favorite villain. Um, number of other names that we have added, Jonathan Groff um, and John Hamm, as well as Guardians of the Galaxy star Dijman Hansu are also lending their voices to this series. Um, this is just an out-and-out all-star voice cast for this. I... The more names that get added to this, the more I am getting excited and am ready to watch this. Yeah, I need this in my life, like, right now. Right now, give it to me. <laughs> Can we just appreciate all the, like, Hamilton people news tonight? Because, like, had David Diggs and Little Mermaid, and then... Uh, Jonathan Groff and like the Hamilton thing like there's so much Hamilton tonight what is that about you're all welcome <laughs> <laughs> oh and and Lynn with the the, the score things like, it's just everywhere <laughs> so uh, Christopher Nolan is not really happy with Warner Brothers with their decision that we had talked about last week um, for their 2021 plan for movies uh, he said, quote, some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That's um, rough. Yeah. I'll... I, I don't know that HBO Max is the worst streaming service. Um, I know I don't use it that often, but like, I don't know. I don't really have a problem with it. Um, all things considered, like I kind of talked about last week, like overall, I'm not super thrilled with how Warner Brothers is doing, is releasing their movies next year. But at the same time, I get it. I understand it. And at the same time, it's better than nothing. So I think that Christopher Nolan can get over it. Yeah. I mean, I kind of understand where he's coming from, but I mean, I don't because he's super rich and I'm not. Um, <laughs> so you can afford to have that opinion. <laughs> but yeah, like with the way the world is, like we don't know what, movie theaters are going to look like next year. And these are releases that Warner Brothers wants. Like they've put, they put time and effort behind and they want people to be able to see them 
whether it's at home or in the theaters. Also, at, at the end of the day, some income is better than no income because if they keep postponing it to the, like, it could, like COVID could get much worse. We could never get movie theaters back again. Let's get real. Like it could, you know, this virus could change. It could grow. It could, you know, I don't know, science stuff. But like, what's the harm in doing this for now? To It, it just feels like a very selfish outlook to me for at this point what's going to be a year right right like it could get worse it could get better maybe just chill out and hold on to the millions of dollars you have and stop bitching about it so the last story that we have tonight is tabitha's and it's about um an award that we're not gonna see this year okay so i didn't know this was a thing until i found it on the internet said everyone ever. Um, but in 1993, a prize was set up for the worst written sex scene in literature that was published that year. So last year, it was won by um, a book that had the following passage in it. Mayuki felt as though she was manipulating a small monkey that was curling up its paws and embraced as if violent holding, if with violent holding, they could weld the two of them one. So. Uh-huh. Right. So this year they decided um, to not give out this award. Um, it has been canceled because. Because, and I quote, the public has been subjected to too many bad things this year to justify exposing it to bad sex as well. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, one of the years, one of the lines that was included in the winner's um, sex scene was, slither, 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 went the tongue. Is that E.L. James? Nope. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> salutation. What? That sounds like a zombie movie. Bulbous Salutation? No. All I can think about is that scene in 10 Things I Hate About You when Alice and Jay's character, who is the counselor, is trying to write like no. an erotic novel. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, engorged. And like now I hate the word engorged <laughs> because she said it so many times in that movie. <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. So I, I don't know. Um, but next year, let me give you the, the things for next year. Uh, I'm just going to read this out from the article. Um, with lockdown regulations giving rise to all manner of novel sexual practices, the judges anticipate a rash of entries next year. Authors are reminded that cyber sex and other forms of home entertainment fall within the purview of this award. Scenes set in fields, parks, or backyards, or indoors with the windows open and with fewer than six people present will not be exempt from scrutiny. Huh. <laughs> so they're taking pandemic precautions. And on yeah. that note, I'm going to take the last drink of this wine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that the winning story involves people wearing masks. I mean, I would hope so. It just, uh, that feels right for this year. I didn't know this was a thing, though, or though, and now, like, 
not that I read a lot of like erotic fiction or anything, but like sometimes it pops up in like books you don't kind of expect it to. And then you're in public and you're reading and you're like, what do you, why? And you're like, I'm not, it's more comfortable. But like, it's, the it's ways really, that it's people... really awkward when it pops up in public. <laughs> so what's really awkward is when you're listening to an audio book at work at your desk and you don't know that that kind of scene is going to happen in your audiobook, and you're, you know, tippy-tapping along, and you're like, doo, 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 listen to my, oh, 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 uh. <laughs> And then you, like, just sit there. Like, you know no one can hear you because you have headphones in, but you're like, oh, my God, this is the most uncomfortable I've been since I forgot how much moaning was in Rob Zombie's music in the middle of my workday. Like, not safe for work. Not safe for work. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm going to be looking out for this kind of stuff. I'm like wording like bulbous salutation. Like I wouldn't be able to keep reading a book if I read the line bulbous salutation. <laughs> also, that's not the proper way to say hello. Not even in 2020. <laughs> I know we can't take hands, but you got to think of something better than that. <laughs> On that note. Uh, <laughs> Wrong show. Yeah, oh. very much so. <laughs> so next week is going to be our last show of the year. Uh, we are planning a couple of special things for you. Uh, but yeah, but like I'm kind of excited. Also, I'm excited to have a two-week vacation. Now that I'm I don't sorry, love you guys. What's that? <laughs> I said I'm sorry. Are we boring? No, not at all. Not at all. Um, so that is going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. Uh, like I said, we'll be back next week. But in the meantime, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we'll be keeping up with uh, news throughout the week. Also, while you're there, be sure to let us know any cool stuff that we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, from all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody, say bye. Bye. Bye.